Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Robbie Motter of Diva Strategies for Success, your host today, where each week on Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, I get to interview and bring you some dynamite guests. Today, my guest is Supreme King, who is a music producer, DJ, author, and educator. He's also known as DJ Supreme or Supreme King. He is a Native American author, rapper, producer, writer, music consultant, educator, film director, and a public speaker. He resides in South Florida, which are the home base for his businesses. Sewer Rap Digital Music, Music Business Guru Academy, and WOT Digital Press a wealth of thought publishing company. He contributed as a writer and producer to the multi-platinum album, It's About Time, which was SM, SWV album, on AB Quintilla, Why Lost, Kumbaya Kings, and Latin Mix USA 2 on Sony. In addition, he has worked with artists Wycliffe Jean, Beanie Man, and Eric Benet, as well as Latin artists Ivy Queen, Adassa, and DJ Laz. During a music career, industry career, that has spanned over two decades, King has been a panelist, keynote speaker, clinician, and consultant for music industry conventions and conferences, such as the XSW Winter Music, uh, Winter music Conference, DJ Dimes convention, Times Convention, How Can I Be Down, Atlantis, Atlantis Music Conference, Mida Music Conference, Power 96 DJ Laz Music Conference, Hip Hop Summit Action Network, Mid-Atlantic Music Conference, and Ultra Music Festival. Supreme is also a former expert product clinician for Aki Professional and Newmark, conducting seminars and training sessions professional for professional audio production and recording equipment throughout the United States. King is also the featured clinician in the GearWire Akai MPC 1000 Training Beauty video. As a music industry author, Supreme has written top-selling music business book, Gotta Get Signed, How to Become a Hip-Hop Producer. In 2012, he released Surviving the Game, How to Succeed in the Music Business, and Dude, I Can Help You, 18 Mistakes Artists Make and How to Fix Them, on his own publishing imprint, WOT Digital Press. As a writer, his articles and commentary have been featured in music trade publications, including DJ Times Magazine, The Source Magazine, Play Magazine, Urban America, Beat Talk Magazine, Black Beat Magazine, Mix Magazine, Remix Magazine, and Music Connection, to name a few. As an education professional, Supreme has an extensive background in higher education and executive administration and structural design and marketing and recruiting. He is formerly the Senior VP of U.S. Operations for Education Online Services Corporation, a higher education service company responsible for launching the online programs at Jackson State University, Southern University, and A&M College, Morris Brown College, and Langston University. He is also the current chairman of the board of directors for Path to Hip Hop organization, preserving, archiving, and teaching hip hop incorporated, a Miami-based nonprofit hip hop 
pedagogical organization that uses the core elements of hip-hop, breakdancing, graffiti, rapping, and DJing to teach youth educational excellence, self-esteem, leadership, and community service. He's currently working on a doctorate in higher education leadership at Walden University. He also holds a Master of Science in Education, Media Design and Technology, and a Master of Science in Entertainment Business from Full Sail University, a Bachelor of Science in Information Systems and Technology, an Associate of Applied Science and Business Management from Kaplan University, as well as a Professional Certificate in Audio and Video Production from the Kinetic School of Broadcasting. Additionally, he is a, also a veteran of Iraq, Enduring Freedom, where he served his country as a combat medic. He is available for music industry panels, conventions, seminars, workshops, conferences, book signing, lectures, and consultation. He is currently developing an online music course, Digital Music Entrepreneur, which will be available on udemy.com and musicbusinessguru.com. You can contact him at 754-245-6585 or his email is supreme, and that's S-A-H-P-R-E-E-M at musicbusinessguruacademy.com. Welcome, Supreme. You have been busy. Yes, I have, and I'm very, very happy and excited to be here with the Queen Diva, Robbie. So thank you for having me on your show. Well, I'm, Definitely I'm happy it. to get to... I'm happy to get learn uh, to learn more about you. How did you get involved in the music industry? And is there some additional information you want to share on your background that I didn't share? Um, you pretty much said it all. I mean, you read my whole bio, so that was pretty awesome. Um, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm a man of many talents and many hats. I always believe in that life is about taking action, and if you can think it, you can do it. So, uh, you know, if the thought pops in my head and it's something that I can, you know, really get behind that's positive and that could help a lot of people, I just jump to it. I mean, I guess that's kind of built in my personality. But um, to answer your question, I mean, I got into the music business. Well, I mean, I was always interested in music since the, the late 70s. Um, I was introduced to rapping and DJing in New York and I just got the bug, and I, you know, I wanted to be a DJ. I had went to a party when I was about 10 years old as a kid, and my cousin, who was a teenager at the time, was babysitting me, and apparently she wasn't doing that great of a job. But <laughs> she took me to a party, and I saw the DJ, and and I, had, you know, heard the DJs on the radio, and always like the guy was like Frankie Crocker uh, on the radio in New York, in, in New York City, and. I said, well, you know, they those guys seem to be so cool. I wanted to be like them. And then when I actually saw the guy doing it in person, I was hooked. I said, well, this is the job that I want to have. Like, all of the tough guys, you know, respected the DJ. All of the girls loved the DJ. I'm, I said to myself, this is the job that I want. And I, I just got into music from there. I just started, you know, I became a fan, and then I became a DJ and just, you know, things happen from, from that moment on. From your over 20 years of experience in the music industry, can you tell us how it is involved and what lessons you've learned working with artists and music professionals? I think, and, and, and I just released an article about this today regarding um, 
you know, I, my perspective on, on working with artists, the game has changed a lot in, in 20 years, and it stayed exactly the same. The people in power have pretty much remained the same. The way that artists are treated as far as cattle being herded to slaughter, in my opinion, you know, and other people will differ, but, I mean, most artists on the smaller level are usually taken advantage of and don't really ever see their true potential because at the end of the day, um, revenue trumps everything. And, you know, it doesn't matter how good the creation is if it doesn't bring in revenue. And, and this is coming from not my personal perspective, but what I've, you know, what I've witnessed over 20 years in the music industry. It's all about the money. And I think another thing I want to add is that the artists today uh, have a lot, a lot different mentality. Although they have an opportunity greater than they've ever had due to, you know, technology and, and single-handedly the Internet, they have an arrogance and an expectation about them that's unrealistic. They think just because they make music, there's an expectation that it should be purchased, regardless to if it's good, regardless to if they practice hard at their craft and learn how to do music or, you know, it even has any sonic or actually musical, uh, you know, creative talent. They just, I mean, they just kind of forget all of that. And I think there's been a, a major influx of artists in the music industry today because everyone and anyone can do it. You can literally make, I mean, I can go into my studio tonight and make a song and in a few hours I can have it up on all the social networks, I can have it in my digital distribution channels, and, you know, with marketing by tomorrow, I can be making some money off of this song. And because it's that easy, everyone and anyone is going to try to do it. Right. Um, what impact has social media made on uh, the music industry? You touched a little bit about it in uh, the last question, but let's well, talk a little bit more about media, it. Well, social media is very impactful in the music industry because it's now how the younger generation, and I shouldn't say, I shouldn't say the younger generation, you know, and make it singular. It's all generations because I tease my son who's 20, and he's in the music industry, and he, he's, you know, he's doing his thing, and I laugh at him all the time because I tell him, I said, hey, man, your dad, you're both of your parents, you know, me as your dad and your mom, we're on Facebook, so is your grandparents. And you're on Facebook. So, you know, there's three generations on Facebook using social media. And he gets mad, oh, well, you know, you don't understand. I said, well, you have to understand that, you know, that's the way people communicate nowadays. And I think using that as a marketing vehicle, it works, but it also doesn't work at the same time. Because when, you know, social media first started getting popular, when you had MySpace and, you know, Twitter and Facebook and uh and um, uh, a couple of other uh, uh, social media sites like YouTube and whatnot, Vimeo, when those starts, sites started coming into vogue, it was great because that's where people were spending their time and you could market music to them. Now that people have been on them for so long and, and artists have been promoting their music, people have learned to kind of ignore the white noise, the clutter. They, you know, if you post your music people kind of just say, oh, this is somebody else posting music, and they don't pay any attention to the distraction. 
Is there one social media for somebody who's in the business you're in that's better than another? Well, that would depend on what it is you're trying to do. I noticed that there is a lot of activity for artists who do hip-hop. I would say Twitter would be the best way to go. Uh, If you were doing, um, you know, alternative rock or or pop, Facebook is a good way to go. Um, All of them have their pros and cons. I think to be diversified as an artist is the best way to go, to have, you know, to have a presence in all of the major social networks. And I would say if I had to choose the three, it would be Twitter, um, Facebook, and YouTube would be the ones that I would stick with. The three, right. Because YouTube... Go ahead. No, I I just agreed with you. I think those are the ones. Yeah, I, I, w- I would say so because Twitter, you know, you can use that short message and, and, and get a lot of, um, you know, response very quickly. Facebook for longer messages, for more, you know, pictures. I think a lot of the young people are jumping on Instagram and stuff like that, but they're not really using them for their full power at, for marketing. I think it's great to, as an attention grabber, and I'm sure people will disagree with me, but I think if you're an artist and you're trying to really, you know, make an impact in your social media profiles. I think Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube are the way to go. Great. How has being a music producer, author, songwriter, and educator contributed to your ability to mentor aspiring artists, musicians, and music professionals? Well, I have a principle of leadership that involves responsibility, and I believe as a leader, you must first be willing to take responsibility. And you know, prior to me being any of these things, you know, I was a young man who just always took pride and ownership of the things that I've done. You know, if I worked a paper route, then I'm going to be the best, you know, uh, paper boy that I possibly could be. And I think that attitude of leadership is something that's intrinsic, but it also is something that has been developed. I've, you know, taken um, leadership courses. I've read a lot of books on leadership. I, you know, was, I spent time in the military as a leader. I spent time in, you know, um, social organizations as a leader and developed that, that skill. And I think with all of the things that I've learned, not only do I offer, you know, artists or just people advice as, as a person who was made, you know, became successful in the music industry, but just as a person who's been successful in life. I mean, I've been successful in higher education. I was successful. I owned a real estate investment firm. I was very successful, uh, obviously, before the, the bubble burst uh, in 07. But um, I've done quite a few things in my life, and I think it's all based off of the same success principles because success breeds success. And mentorship is important because every person in their life should be a mentor at some point to someone else and also have a mentor. And mm-hmm. early on in my career, I didn't understand that, that you know, because I spent so much time advising other people. Um, I, you know, I used to say to myself, well, who do I go to, to advice for? Who are my peers? And I realized that as, you know, the further I got up on the, you know, the chain of success, so to speak, I found mentors, and I didn't realize that those mentors, as great as those people were, that they actually had mentors as well. So I think, you know, having a lot of wisdom about life is what I bring to the table. And, and I think, you know, the more well-rounded a person is, the more diversified and, and, and just 
knowledge of life, you know, it benefits everyone. As the chairman of the board of directors for, for PATH, how does your involvement promote your mentoring and influence? And let's talk a little bit about well, what that organization does. Well, PATH is preserving, archiving, and teaching hip-hop history. And we started in 2008. It was a concept, and the um, founder is a guy named, uh, his name is Seth uh, Brimstone Shear and his wife, Natalie Shear. Natalie Lewis, and they put this together, and what it was about as, you know, we were all hip-hop artists and producers and DJs, and, you know, these guys came together and said, well, you know what, what are we doing for young people? Uh, You know, we can complain about what goes on in the communities where we, you know, where we serve and where we live, but if we don't do anything about it, if we don't offer an alternative, or we don't offer a mechanism for learning, leadership, self-empowerment, you know, those types of things, self-respect. If we don't offer that, then we're just as bad as the people who cause the problems in the community. So uh, Brimstone sat down and him and his wife, you know, put together this whole entire program where we use hip-hop as a way to, I I don't want to say hook the kids in, but for a better, you know, better phrase, we hook in young people by offering them something that they're interested in. And we not just we, we not only just teach hip hop, but we teach the history of hip hop. Where did hip hop come from? What was the precursor to hip hop? Who were the you know, who were the players? And then we use the four core elements of hip hop, which are break dancing, rapping, graffiti and DJing, and we assimilate them to Gardner's theory of multiple intelligences. And, for example, we'll teach students how, um, you know, the body kinesthetic intelligence is closely related to breakdancing and how that's closely related to physics. And we're able to help young people overcome some educational boundaries um, because a lot of these young children are right brain learners and they have to be hands-on. And, you know, we teach them different methodologies on how to, you know, embrace total learning. And by using these multiple intelligences, and I happen to know that this works um, personally because I had a son who was left back in the second grade, and it was more about his emotions of how he could do the work, but it was how the teachers made him feel. And I encouraged him and showed him how intelligent he was creatively and how to use his creative intelligence and how to use his, you know, his, his knack for drawing and, and things like that to tell stories and and use that to build up not only his confidence, but build up his self-esteem. And he went into the second grade the second year for the, for the second time and was an honor student. That's great. And it's been such ever since. So I know that they work. And, you know, we use these tools, you know, uh, for example, you know, um, a verbal intelligence, so to speak. That, you know, that's going to give a young person, you know, if you equate that to rap and standing in front of the stage and reciting, you know, raps, which are basically poetry to a beat. Um, well, some of them are, you know, some of them are just garbage, but <laughs> I digress. Um, but if you teach them that and you teach them that ability, then you give them 
you know, that, that platform where they can build on that. Now they're going into public speaking. Now they're, you know, that same student may go into college and become, you know, a public speaker or a leader in the community when they graduate college because they got the confidence of speaking in public because they were rapping and they were interested in rapping. I just want to say we're getting we're getting down to t- less than ten minutes, and I want to get into your books. Let's talk a little bit about your books and what okay, they're well, about. Which book and, would you like to talk about? Well, whichever one you would like to talk about. That, and okay, then at the well, end, we'd li- I'd like to know your future projects before we end. Okay. Well, I have three books. One, my first book I wrote in 2005 called Gotta Get Signed, How to Become a Hip-Hop Producer. I wrote it because, you know, back in that time, my partners and I always used to say, oh, well, we got to get signed, we got to get signed, we got to get a record deal. That's what everyone used to say. And then I noticed that no one had ever written a book about being a hip-hop producer. And I became a hip-hop producer by purely by accident. I was a rapper signed to a major record label, and our group broke up, and... In order, either pay, we had the choice of either pay back the money to the label or, you know, sell the songs. So I wrote and produced all the songs, so instantly I become a music producer. And no one could tell me how to do it. And this was during the 90s when the definition of hip-hop producer was still sketchy. I read tons and tons of books and asked questions, sat with professionals, and I could never get a definitive answer. So one day I just decided to sit down and write my own book, what I thought it was, because I couldn't relate to the books that were out there. So that book was very, very successful. It opened up the door for people to receive my style of writing with this. uh, You know, my first book is a little harsh. It's written in a street language. I I don't write like that anymore. I wrote that book purposely because I knew who my audience was going to be. But as I I grew as an author, you know, that's definitely reflected in in my book. My my next book was Surviving the Game, How to Succeed in the Music Industry or in the Music Business, and that book was put together based off of the feedback that I got on the first book. You know, my audience said, hey, we want to know more about the music industry. Can you go in more into depth? So I wrote that book from the premise of, you know what, I'm going to teach you guys, you know, the basics of how to be in the music industry and succeed in the music industry, but... I do understand that you may not have a master's degree or you may not have ever been to college, so I'm going to write it in a way that you feel comfortable. Now, my my third book is called Dude, I Can Help You, 18 Mistakes Artists Make and How to Fix Them. That book was written, um, and that book came out uh, early part of 2013. The book was written based off of the questions that I get asked you know, when I do music conferences and conventions or panels or whatever, or even daily in my social network, artists ask me the same questions over, over and over again. So I decided to write down the 18 most asked questions and not only provide the, you know, the questions, but answers and reversals of those answers. So I give you, you know, my opinion, what's popular opinion, and then I tell you what things to avoid. So that book is very, very helpful for anybody who needs a, a kick in the pants, you know, that needs to, to light the fire underneath their feet and say, hey, you know what, maybe I've been going about this all the wrong way. So it's kind of educational and inspirational at the same time. 
What are your current and future projects? Well, um, my current project is I'm working on a course called Digital Music Entrepreneur, and it is a eight-module or eight-lesson course, which is pretty comprehensive, teaching artists today how to succeed in the music industry where they are currently in their career and using digital technology. So, I, you know, no one can answer all of the questions, but I think we did a very good job at putting together a comprehensive, uh, you know, t- uh, module of learning that, you know, students and artists alike can sit down and say, hey, you know what, I'm learning the music industry and how it applies to my career right now. Now, some of the, some of the other books, books and courses there, there are, are purely, purely theory. theory. This is, this is, these are all practical things that you can do today to, to get some, you know, to, to move the ball down court. Outside of that, I will be working on some uh, self-empowerment books um, this year, um, one uh, that I'm going to release probably sometime by the fall of 2014 called My Success is Bigger Than Yours. And it's just basically me talking about, you know, the things that I've been successful and the lessons that I've learned um, as, a, as a man in the world, trying, you know, attempting to find out what success is really about and how you can never measure your life with, you know, with someone else's ruler. You have to measure your life with your own ruler. And that, that's the basic principle of the book. Robbie, are you there? Hello. Hello, this is Robbie again. We got disconnected. I'm talking with Supreme King, who is a music producer, DJ, author, and educator. We have about four minutes left, and I'm so sorry. I don't know why I got disconnected. It's okay. It's technology. It's great. It's good and bad at the same time. Where did, where did, where, where did we leave off? Well, we were talking about your current projects and future projects, and then if you want to, I'd like to give the listeners um, where they can find out all this information about you and this new training that you're doing and things like that. Okay, well, if you guys want to contact me, you can follow me on Twitter at Supreme King, that's S-A-H-P-R-E-E-M-K-I-N-G, uh, you can always go to YouTube and type in my name. You'll find a ton of videos. Um, I, my website is SupremeKing.com, which is my blog. I write uh, at least maybe twice a week about the music industry. I also write about things about esoteric knowledge, leadership, and, and self-empowerment. As I was mentioning, I think, before we got disconnected, that I do have a new book, a new self-empowerment book coming out in 2014, called My Success is Bigger Than Yours, How to Live a Life Beyond Comparison. Um, oh, I love it. Got it. Yes, it, the, book, the premise of the book is that you cannot measure your success uh, with someone else's ruler, and that is my, you know, my mantra. Um, also, you guys can check me out on Facebook at Supreme A. King. Uh, that's at Facebook. Pretty much if you Google my name, S-A-H-P-R-E-E-M-K-I-N-G, I'm all over. So you can find me somewhere, and I, I stay pretty current with my social networks. I try to interact 
with um, my fans and followers daily if I can if I can do it. Uh, would what is it? Do you have a, any additional call of action for our listeners and readers that that may have read your book or going to read your book? Well, I, I suggest that you guys um, you guys can always email email me at supremeking.com. Um, if you don't buy my books or read my books, I suggest that you read someone's, especially if you're trying to uh, make it in the music industry. Remember, someone has done this before you, uh, and they probably, if they've done it successfully, they've more than likely left behind a roadmap. So you need to find a roadmap and follow it. Um, don't make things up as you go along. And if you want to make changes in anything, any aspect of life, if you want to make changes, you have to understand first what it is you are changing before you make the change. I think it's great. I think it's wonderful to have people like you out there that are willing to share the lessons that you've learned along the way. You certainly can make it a lot easier for those, you know, for those coming up. And um, it's just amazing to me. And I can see from everything that you've done that you're just constantly always learning and just making yourself even better. And you're already great, so... I think well, I appreciate wonderful. that. And Somewhere it was just an honor for me. To, yeah, well, it's an honor for me to um, learn more about you. Um, I'm most of the time my guests are all in business, but you are definitely in business. Uh, you've got the marketing, you've got the uh, creativity, and I think this is wonderful. And people can learn from you. So I hope all of you will take take him up on sending him an email, connecting with him, and all the social media and. I wish everybody good luck, and I wish you great. Let me know when your book is done, and maybe schedule you for the to talk about the new book when it comes out. Oh, I would love to. I definitely would love to come back. And that book is, like I said, that book is for everybody. It's about um, it's self empowerment. I don't believe in self help books because my theory and it's going to sound a little uh, sadistic, but I believe that if you, people can't help themselves because if they needed a self-help, if they could help themselves, they wouldn't need a self-help book. So I look at it, you know, as self-empowerment, how to make yourself better, greater, smarter, you know, more improved. That's what I, what I try to do is make the better you. And we all have the power to make ourselves better. Well, we've got to run now. Our show is over. But thanks again, and have a great New Year's. I hope for you, I wish for you everything wonderful and your family in 2014 you as well. Thank you. Bye-bye. Good night.